You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks and praise for the gift of this day, this opportunity to gather together to open your word. And we do pray that as we open it, uh, that you would be in the midst of us through the power and the presence of your spirit, which you promised to leave with us. Pray that you would open us to your word because it is in you, most gracious God, that we find life, that we know life. Uh, I pray that ultimately at the end of this morning that my words would fall away and your living word would remain. And I ask all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're talking about the Holy Spirit uh, is our uh, is our topic this morning. And I thought we would look at John chapter 14. Uh, John 14 is, is the text that I'm going to draw from. And I'll give a word of, of context, but it's interesting when you think about the Holy Spirit. Um, well, I'm, 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 let me just ask this. If it's crickets, I'll, I'll press on. But when you think of the Holy Spirit, what, what's the first thing that jumps out to you? And these are, this is, this is the true, no right answer here. When you think of the Holy Spirit, um, a dove, yeah, exactly. So yeah, in the, in the imagery, yeah, the Spirit descending on him uh, like a dove, yeah. God's presence. Yeah, God's presence, absolutely. Uh, the, yeah, the, 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 the presence of God. I do think, um, in many ways, the Holy Spirit of all the members of the Trinity, maybe the Holy Spirit is the one that makes us most anxious um, and most nervous when you think about the Holy Spirit. Um, well, good. Uh, maybe that's my issues, uh, which I'm airing this morning. Uh, I can remember years ago, was, uh, Paul was in my first experience uh, at our Advent House prayer ministry, and we were with Peter and Janice Newton. For those of you who remember Peter and Janice, just great godly folks and um and uh, uh, uh thankfully kathy Logue, um shepherds are uh, wonderfully uh, very wonderfully our event house prayer ministry but paul and i went for prayer the first time and uh as peter and janice were telling us how it works they said well as we're as we're praying for you um as we're praying for you, if we feel led to lay hands on you as we pray for you is that okay um and i, my, I still remember Delightfully, Paula's response to that was, maybe. Uh, <laughs> like, let's, let's, let's see. You know, if this is weird, no. If this is good, then sure. And, you know, it ended up they prayed for us. They laid hands on us. It was, uh, the, the, the spirit was, was, was very really um, present in a, in, a most, uh, in a most wonderful way. Um, and so great, uh, grateful for that uh, experience. But in, in John 14... Jesus promises his followers, he promises you and me that he will not leave us as orphans, uh, is what he says. And, and the word, uh, I will not leave you comfortless, uh, is the word which Jesus uses. And among uh, the various translations for the spirit that are given, the, the comforter um, is one which is used most often. Uh, and that word comforter is, is a rich word and it's a powerful word. And if we go back Etymologically, it has a great deal more power. But when you think of comfort in this moment, what do you typically think of um, when you think about comfort? Peace. <laughs> peace. Yeah, yeah, peace, and exactly. 
What do you think about what you think comfort? I was about to say something really smart like comfort. Um, you just sort of think of something being uh, comfortable, or if someone comforts you, uh, you tend to think it's it's a word of it's a word of kindness, it's a word of uh, consolation, and and that's certainly a component of it. And that could, of course could be a can be a lovely thing uh, when someone gives us comfort in that way. Or you think back to you know comfort. Comfort my people, speak tenderly to Jerusalem, uh, are, are the words. But if you go back, uh, comfort can be in some ways misrepresentative in that it is more uh, viewed as consolation when actually the word comfort, if you go back um, to the Latin, you know, fortis, um, strength, it means to strengthen. Uh, it means to strengthen. And so when the comforter uh, is promised to the followers of Jesus, what it's promising is, is yes, um, assurance, but it's, it's promising the strength of God to strengthen us. So when Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless, I will send another comforter. And again, it's translated comforter, it's translated um, helper, it's translated counselor, it's translated advocate. And the fact that there's all those different translations to that one word tells you there's a breadth and a depth and a richness to what Jesus promises us uh, in the gift of um, the Holy Spirit, uh, promises to be our strength. One of my uh, most um, vivid personal experiences with the Holy Spirit, and there have been um, numerous over the, over the years, but when I was my first summer of seminary, they have you work as a hospital chaplain. And so, Looking back, I'm really quite frankly, I'm amazed. I was, I was 26 years old. Um, so you can imagine the tremendous comfort um, for people when this 26-year-old training wheels chaplain walked into the room. I'm sure they were immediately covered like, thank God. Um, you know, like everything's going to be okay. Um, it's pretty, I mean, God bless them. It's pretty amazing that, uh, again, at 20, and again, not knocking, but I mean, 26 years old, um, and uh, walking in as a, as a hospital chaplain. And one night a week, you were uh, required to be on call. And so you would be there uh, during the day and then all your friends would go home and you'd be there uh, at night. And of course, you never knew what was going to happen. It could be, it could be a quiet night, it could be an overwhelming night, uh, anywhere in between. And I can remember on this particular night praying and uh, Earnest, earnestly, you know, Lord, I, I, I pray that I would be of use to you tonight. Uh, I pray that I would be able to serve you um, in, this, in this place. And it, you know, really uh, not a particularly long or eloquent prayer, but a, but a sincere prayer that I would be able to um, serve God, that I would be of use to God that evening. And uh, it was definitely the, the fulfillment of be careful of what you pray for because um, um, I was a great use to God all night. Um, so it was one call um, after another, after another, and um, uh, going and with the family in the emergency room, and, uh, and they did not um, speak English, and, and I didn't speak Spanish, and trying to, um, trying to communicate with them, and obviously the, the, the challenges uh, of, of that um, as I was... Uh, as I was trying to speak to them, uh, their, their son uh, did speak English, and I asked the name of the man who was there in need, and he said his name was Moises. And so I would say Moises, and, uh, and he said, no, it's, it's Moises. I said, Moises. And he's like, no, it's Moises, like in the Bible. 
And I said, oh, Moses. And he said, yes, Moises. Um, so that was one of the things I, I remember. But trying to communicate with them and the inability um, to communicate and, and, and sort of praying and realizing that did nothing. And then I remember making, uh, making the sign of the cross uh, and they're like, okay, thank you. We didn't know, understand a word you said, but the cross, um, that, you know, that, that says something to us. That speaks um, something to us. I, I got a call from a uh, woman who was a nurse. And uh, she was burdened and heavy laden, and her issues were with her marriage and her difficulties with her husband and not knowing if, um, if that marriage was going to last. Uh, and you can imagine the weight, and she said, you know, this is such a pressing weight upon me in this moment, and I, and I need to be able to focus. I need to be able to do my work here, and I'm so consumed and distracted by this, would you, would you pray for me? And again, I was um, 26 uh, years old. I think I'd been married maybe 13 months um, at that point. So, you know, again, lots of experience here, but um, praying um, with her and for her. And then finally, uh, this experience, and it was, uh, I got a call and it was from a uh, woman whose father was there in the hospital. And he was actually on the ward to which I was assigned. And so she asked, if I would go and say last rites for her father, and um, this was uh, sort of God's intervention, a little bit of uh, wisdom, I said, well, let me see how he's doing um, first before I go say last rites, because I didn't say this, but I, I thought Monty Python, right? Um, you remember that? Um, bring out your dead, bring out your dead. And he's like, I'm not dead, I'm feeling much better. Uh, and you know, so I thought, I said, you know what? As soon as we hang up, I'm going to go up um, and, I'll, and I'm going to visit uh, and, and, and pray with your father. And said, when I'm done, I, I, I'll come back and, and I'll call you and let you know how he's doing. And I, and I went to his room and uh, he was um, uh, on a ventilator, so he was conscious but unable to speak. Uh, and so, of course, you know, again, it's, it's challenging enough when you don't know a person and trying to come and bring a word of hope and bring a word of uh comfort. Uh, and uh, so I was there and I was uh, speaking to him and told him his daughter had called and uh, she loved him, was concerned for him and uh, said, yeah, I just uh, wanted to want to pray for you. And I remember uh, praying for him. And, you know, again, I told you how much experience I had at this point. And, you know, here's the funny thing too about experience, of course, is experience is helpful, but to some degree, and we all know this in this room, don't we? I don't care how much experience you have. There's some situations you're just like, all right, Lord, uh, I need you. Uh, I need you in this one. I, I, don't, I don't have this. Uh, I don't have this on my own. And so I was praying um, for him, and I remember thinking, you know, I, I'm not in a hurry. I have nowhere else to be, and so I don't want him to, and he can't tell me, so I don't want to leave, and he wishes I stayed, and I don't want to stay, wish, and he wishes I had gone, and so I... I prayed, I was praying for him, and I began to think about and become anxious for myself. And so I prayed, and I was like, you know what, Lord, just help me, help me, help me, help me, help me know how long to stay, uh, if I should stay. And almost immediately after I prayed that prayer, he reached up and he held my hand, and he took my hand and, and held my hand. And, and as I say, when that was, uh, in my, I mean, that was, a, that, was a, that was a Holy Spirit moment. Um, it's kind of like, all right, Lord, I need you, um, I need your truth, I need your guidance, I need your strength, uh, 
and, and I mean, it was this immediate, unmistakable response that he reached out and he held my hand and I continued to pray for him, it, 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 sometimes silently, sometimes aloud. And then, to be honest with you, after a while, once again, began, began to become anxious. I thought, nowhere to be until tomorrow afternoon. Um, but again, I, I, I don't want him to wish I would go um, already. Uh, and so, Lord, once again, I, I really need you here in this particular moment. And continued to pray as we had done and, and continued to be there and mainly just quiet at that point. And then um, after a couple of minutes, uh, and you're going to think I'm making this up, but I'm not making this up. Uh, he was holding my hand with one hand. With the other hand, he went like this. <laughs> it's just like, thank you, Jesus. Uh, it was one of those yes, uh, yes, uh, yes moments. Um, and I say, you know, funny and yet so incredibly powerful. It's like, all right, God, you're real. Um, you, you really are real. You really are alive. Uh, you really do hear um, our prayers. And there are wonderful, gracious moments in which you respond with such unmistakable clarity, uh, the, the presence uh, of the Holy Spirit in that moment to guide, to direct, to strengthen, uh, to strengthen me, to strengthen um, this person to be, to be sufficient for us. And in John 14, if you remember, it's in that portion of John's gospel that we refer to as the upper room discourse. Uh, and it's a time uh, when Jesus washes the disciples' feet and he says, see, I have set an example for you that as I've done so you also um, should do. And in the midst uh, of, in the midst of betrayal, in the midst of betrayal, you know, obviously, particularly Judas Iscariot, but he also in the 13th chapter uh, tells Peter and the others that, that they're going to fall away as well. Because uh, Peter says, hey, we'll go and die with you. Uh, and Jesus says, before the rooster crows, you'll have denied me three times. So in the, in the context of betrayal, in the context of lack of faith uh, and resolution, Jesus serves his disciples and he washes their feet. In the supper room discourse, you remember also, Jesus institutes the Last Supper. This is my body, which is given for you. This is my blood, which is shed for you. Um, and so it's this very intimate and important time as uh, Jesus is going to the cross, uh, as he's making his way to the cross and through the cross to the resurrection. Um, the the accomplishment of our salvation, the accomplishment of our restoration to ultimately strengthen us uh, in a way which is um, shocking, in a way which is paradoxical, but, but also in a way which is lasting, not only in this life, but in the life and the world to come. And so it's in this moment that Jesus says that he's going to be betrayed uh, and uh, that he will be denied, that he will be handed over, that he will be suffered, and then he will be killed. And if you remember, um, John 14, 1, and this is often read at funerals, uh, what, are, what, are the first, what, are the, what is the first sentence? Anybody remember that? Exactly. Do not let your hearts uh, be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Um, so it's almost, it's almost comical. Um, so Jesus speaks a word in a moment when you would think that Jesus would need to be comforted um, by his disciples, um, that this would be a moment for them to step up, um, to come to his aid and to come to his comfort. Jesus is comforting um, his disciples. And, you know, 
a little thing, but a huge thing, a window into the nature and the character of God, uh, the way that God reveals himself in Jesus. And one of the things that Jesus says throughout John's gospel, and if you remember this, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, um, you know the Father. If you're in me, um, you're in the Father, because I and the Father are one, Jesus says repeatedly. And we see a window a very clear window into the heart and the nature and the character of God. Let not your hearts be troubled, um, Jesus says. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Interestingly, in the first 14 verses of um, chapter 14, uh, belief uh, is used uh, seven times. So seven times in, in 14 short lines. That's, that's a lot. Um, clearly something is, is being said. Pistuo is, is the Greek word, and, uh, and it means certainly belief. It, it means to believe in. It means to believe on. It's, it's often translated uh, as, as faith. Um, and so Jesus invites them, let not your hearts be troubled. Well, let me ask you, um, uh, I'll just say, and this is low-hanging fruit, my, my heart's often troubled. Um, uh, <laughs> And, uh, and I believe, uh, I believe and yet, um, uh, I believe and yet I ask myself, <laughs> how well do I believe? Because my heart sure is troubled a lot. <laughs> what does that, uh, what does that say? And, and, and before you get too despondent with yourself, the importance of belief is not how much we have, it's the object of our belief. Because as Jesus goes through here, as Jesus is speaking to his followers, He's repeatedly speaking words of comfort, and he's promising this gift of the comforter, the strengthener, because he realizes how, how faulty our belief is. And this is. So hopefully that's a word of comfort for you to say, this isn't news to God. Um, this isn't news to God that, that we struggle, that we struggle with believing. Um, and our anxiousness, my own um, anxiousness, um, often speaks to... Uh, the, the, the frailty of, of my belief. And wonderfully, we see as Jesus presses on here, his desire, his recognition of that and his desire not to leave us there. Um, and one of the things about the work of the Spirit is that it is an ongoing work. Because Jesus says, in a little while, you'll see me no longer. In a little while, you'll see me no longer. But, but don't be anxious. Um, don't be um, afraid because I will leave you um, another counselor. I will not leave you as orphans. I will be with you always. And one of the things he promises to his followers is that he, in a, in a, in a word which is really used a lot in 15, and um, it's funny, I've, uh, Heidi, when she came from my institution, uh, wonderfully, um, uh, wonderful sermon and one of the things that she focused on uh, quite rightly for not just for me but for us as a community of faith is the necessity to abide um, in Jesus the necessity of that abiding place and it's actually uh, in, in abiding um, in Jesus that much of that um, well that we're strengthened that, that God through the work and the power and the presence of the Spirit deals with our fears, uh, deals, deals with our anxieties, deals um, with our um, unbelief. A God who knows um, very well 
who we are and what we need uh, and who invites us to abide. But, but wonderfully, here's the thing about the Spirit. Um, left to our own devices, we don't abide where we should. Left to our own devices, um, and you're welcome to disagree with me um, on that one, but, um, but I think the human condition has shown um, consistently um, our, our inability um, to straighten ourselves out uh, and our inability to rescue ourselves and our inability um, to abide peacefully um, on our own. The necessity of an intervention to come from beyond ourselves. And Jesus promises the Spirit to be that which moves us um, toward God, who is already approaching us. So it's, it's basically God wonderfully surrounding us on all sides. God moving towards us and also by the work of the Spirit coming and dwelling within us to move us toward God. Um, so really, quite frankly, all around the credit goes to God. Um, the credit goes to God um, all around. Jesus goes on and he, and he tells his followers, you know what? Don't be anxious. Um, don't, don't be anxious. I will, I will prepare, um, I will prepare uh, the way for you. Uh, and he goes on and he says this in 1415, if you love me, uh, you will keep my commandments. Uh, and I, speaking of anxieties, um, when y'all hear if, what is your emotional response? Yeah, conditional. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, mine is uh, uh, again. Um, uh, if if makes me anxious, um, and uh, the reason if makes me anxious is I have um, a reasonable amount of self awareness um, of of my abilities, and so uh, you know, if you keep, uh, if you love me, um, you will keep um, my commandments. Well. Here's, here, here's, the, here's the wonderful reality. As Jesus is, is talking about this, it's interesting, uh, reading some different commentaries on this, and William Temple has a, has a fantastic um, commentary on this. And one of the things that he, that he talks about this, uh, he, he says, you know, ab absolutely love and, love and obedience, um, but this is, this is different. And he, when he says, Jesus says, uh, you will keep, it means to watch rather than fulfill. You will watch rather than fulfill. Let me let me flesh that out um, a little bit because that that that's that's interesting. It, he said, uh, "Well, let me just read you what Temple says. The suggestion is that of a standard of reference and judgment, rather than that of a literal obedience to precepts. So it's it's a matter of it's a matter of looking toward. Uh, Jesus uh, extends love and grace and mercy to you and me that that we don't merit, uh, and that love." Uh, begins to work uh, on you and me in a way which isn't which isn't mushy, but a way which is strengthening, which is life-giving, in a way which begins to move us toward loving Him. And when you when you love someone, then you want to keep those commandments, not out of a slavish obligation, but out of love. It's it's out of love that there's this desire. It's basically love is producing it in us, rather than you and me producing it. It's that love at work in us. It's just like the people that you love in your life um, is, is uh, <laughs> it is flawed a fashion as you do it. The people that we love in our lives, we, we want to honor. Uh, we, we want to, 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 to please um, in, in, a, in a strong way. We want to care for, we want to be with, we want to be in relationship with. And he 
It says it's not a literal obedience to precepts. The commandments that are Christ's are such as do not lend themselves to detailed and exact fulfillment, for they concern the quality of spiritual life and not defined actions. We are to believe on him. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves and our fellow Christians as Christ loved us. These cannot be obeyed with the same precision as commands to go to church or give a tenth of our income for church work. The commands of Christ will nearly always carry these in similar actions as incidental consequences of the obedience claim, but they go beyond anything of this kind. So it's basically the, the love and the mercy of Jesus producing this in us. So when we hear this if, uh, it's really um, a word of description more than prescription. It's describing what begins to happen as Jesus gives the comforter um, to us, as Jesus gives the Spirit um, to come and to strengthen us. And we'll say quickly, because about to wrap up here, it's kind of a short time um, today, uh, that uh, I mentioned the various translations, comforter, um, helper, uh, advocate, counselor. Um, that, that word advocate often has a legal connotation and it means one who comes and stands beside us to strengthen us, and I've been talking about that, become who, one who stands beside us to defend us, um, to be, our, our advocate is our defender. Um, it's the one who um, is our witness, is the one who makes um, our case, is the one who comes to defend us. So Jesus says, I will come and I will be the one to defend you. I will come to be the one to be your advocate. And he says, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you and me, and I in you. Whoever has uh, my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and, and manifest myself to him. Uh, and he, he goes on, and he, um, he goes on. This is verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Uh, to sort of wonderfully remind us of his nature and his character. I think of Romans 8, and you remember that great uh, portion where Paul says, When we do not know how to pray, the Spirit intercedes for us with groans and with sighs too deep um, for words. A God who... Um, is making intercession for us, a God who is bringing to our remembrance um, all the reality and the truth uh, of Jesus. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them um, be afraid. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Uh, the world gives in very conditional ways. Um, it's very transactional, um, the way that the world gives. Uh, and I would say that Jesus is, God's love is transactional, but it's a transaction where God bears all the cost. God bears all the cost of that transaction and gives that to you and to me um, freely. And he doesn't give as the world gives uh, in, a, uh, in, a, in a temperamental way, in a, in a, in a conditionary way. Uh, he says... Peace I leave with you, my, key, my peace I give to you. Full stop. Um, I will not leave you as orphans. Full stop. Uh, I will not leave you comfortless. Um, full stop. Um, I will be with you, is, is what he says. 
Well, we had to hustle today, but you know what? Um, thanks be to God. Um, wonderful to see you. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that in Jesus, your Son, you, as you make your way through the cross and the resurrection, as you make a way for our life and our salvation, that you promise not to leave us comfortless. You know our needs specifically, and I pray that you would come and strengthen us and bring to our mind uh, the reality and the nature uh, of you, and that in you we might know the life which you long for us to have. And I ask all this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.